Good morning, Sun Valley Church, and welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. I'm your host, Jeremy Pinch, and with me I have Pastor John Schubert. In the next nine weeks, we're going to be going through this book, Astonished by God, um, by John Piper. And I'm excited uh, for the truth that is within this book, uh, not only knowing him more, but also making him known uh, throughout the valley. Uh, And this is just a collection of sermons, really, of uh, Piper's last last 10 sermons uh, at Bethlehem Baptist, um, 10 truths that he wanted his people to know, um, to give them a trajectory of life, um, not as a settling down. This is Pastor John Piper's finishing, so this is where we're going to end, but more of a encouragement that, for them to keep going, to keep pushing forward uh, to that ultimate goal of who God is and uh, the joy that we have in him. Uh, so today we're going to go through uh, chapter one of this book, and every week after this we will just make our way through through one chapter. Um, so this chapter uh, is entitled God Is. And when I first read that, I thought, God is what? You know, fill in the blank. God is loving. God is kind. God is so on and so forth. But uh, Piper just says God is. God absolutely is. Um, and he says this at the top of page nine, if you have a copy of this book, is this is the most basic fact and the most ultimate fact, period. Of the billions of facts that there are, this one is at the bottom and at the top. It is the foundation of all others and the consummation of all others. Nothing is more basic and nothing is more ultimate than the fact that God is. So, John, what what is John Piper talking about when he says God is? Well, if you had a copy of the book, Jerry, you would know. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, uh, I hope you listeners will, in fact, read along with us um, during this nine-week podcast um, and be blessed as we have been just with this first chapter. Uh, to begin, I think it's important to know that the scriptural foundation of this chapter, maybe the whole book, is Exodus 3, Mm. where Moses encounters God, um, or God encounters Moses um, in the burning bush, and he calls Moses to himself and reveals himself to him and and explains himself to him. And of course, at that time in human history, God was a relatively unknown uh, reality. Of course, we went from Adam and Eve who were intimately acquainted with God to the time of Moses when few were acquainted with God. And God had his people in captivity in Israel, I mean, in Egypt, and he wanted to uh, draw them out of Egyptian slavery and into the promised land. And so he calls Moses and chose Moses to um, um, be that man, that leader who God would use to bring them out. And and. Moses, of course, was not too familiar with God. I'm certain he had a a rudimentary, basic understanding of who he was. But when he got to the burning bush, he basically said, who who am I speaking to? Who are you? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. And he just said, I am. I exist. I am the I am. Mm -hmm. And so that's the scriptural foundation of, of this chapter titled God Is. And I think, I think that to start with, 
Piper's intention is to get us to understand what Moses experienced. Not the name of God so much, but the existence of God, the, the, the person of God. Moses asked God what his name was, and as Piper went through this little, you know, um, drama of the burning bush, God didn't tell Moses his name. He said, I am who I am. I exist, Moses. Let that be good enough for you. And he eventually told him his name was Yahweh. But uh, your question was, why did why is this, what is the important fact of the the title God is, is that is the most important reality of existence. Mm. If there is no God, then what? All is lost. Yeah. And so, uh, in fact, <laughs> all doesn't exist. Without God, there is in, isn't anything. Um, so uh, I think that's why Piper begins here, yeah. that God is, exists, he do, and is, is in existence, rather, and, and it's an important beginning point for anyone who wants to get to know him. Yeah, it seems, it seems, I mean, it, it is the foundational yep. cornerstone of, of what we believe. You know, we, we always hear this idea like God is love. Okay, that's, that's a truthful statement, but love doesn't exist outside of God. Right. And so mm-hmm. in order for love to exist, God has to exist. Right. So he even says that on page nine, he says, uh, nothing is more foundational than God is. Yeah. Um, to your marriage, to your health, to your job, to your future. Then God is. If God isn't, then everything else is meaningless. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the only place to start. Um, yeah. And it is and is, I guess, central to what we believe here at Sun Valley and why we practice our religion the way we do. Yeah. Is because of the fact that God is. Yeah. yeah. So, so many truths just flow from that reality, and he he makes a point of that and. and We'll come back to this this Moses section here, but he, he, he makes a good point of this. He says 10 things it means for God to be who he is. And then he just goes through this list of God's absolute being means that he never had a beginning. God's absolute being means God will never end. God's absolute being means God is the absolute reality. Um, God's absolute being means that God is utterly independent um, I think these things, I hope we talk to them because I think each of these things are important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, uh, I've circled a few of those 10 things, um, and I think we should spend a little time there. I know we don't have a ton of time, but, I mean, this is the the fodder of this chapter. Yeah. So I hope we spend some time there. Um, but if we could back up for a second, Jeremy, yeah. before we get through each of those 10 things, I thought it would be good just for our people to hear of... Um, some of the things that Piper mentions on the way to what, these ten things, and, and one of them was the word "Hallelujah." Yeah, you know, yeah, comes from cool. you know the name of God, Yahweh. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know, praise Yahweh yeah. is what that means. Hallelujah. So when we're saying Hallelujah, that's what we're saying. Praise Yahweh. Yeah. Um, and then um, right before he gets to these ten things, he says. Um, uh, people who are stunned and astonished that God is will be an irrepressible people. Yeah. We want to be those kind of people. We want to be those kind of people who are always about God, who are uh, uh, taken up with God and desiring our children and our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends to be taken with God the way we are. Mm-hmm. But we must be taken with God first. Yeah. And that this is the only place to, to start. 
that God is absolute in all these 10 different ways. So let's, let's, if you don't mind, go go into these things um, to discuss one by one. God's absolute being means he never had a beginning. Yeah. This is amazing thought. Yeah. We can't even comprehend that. Yeah. Like, like Piper said, it staggers the mind. Yeah. And where did God come from, our kids ask. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. he's always been. that. We don't even understand that. The greatest philosophers ever lived don't understand that. Yeah. Um, God has always been. There's never been anything without God. And if, and if you just think about that, that, that creates all reality. It creates the the standard of right and wrong. It creates the standard of beauty and so forth. God is. And so if God says it, it's good. Yeah. If God decides it, it's right. Yeah. Like he doesn't have, like Piper said, he didn't doesn't have a manual of right and wrong that yeah. he must abide by. Yeah. Whenever he opens his mouth, that is the yeah. standard. Whenever yeah. he acts, that's the standard. Yeah, I love that. He, he mentions that later. He says, you know, God God isn't holy because he obeys a law. He created the law. Right. <laughs> that's why he's holy. Everything flows out of him. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that that's what it means yeah. to say God is. Yeah. 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 Point number two, God's absolute being means God will never end. The Alpha and the Omega, the right. beginning and the end. You know, that's God created all things and He has always existed. And so there will be no end. And, you know, a billion years from now, He will be. Yeah. And remain so. Yeah. Um, consistent, unchanging. Yeah. And so our, our thoughts of eternity um, do not need to be filled with anxiety or worry that one day God will change his mind about us yeah or that he will you know decide as god to torture us for a while no god is the same yesterday today and forever so a billion years from now he will still be a loving kind and good god always caring for us his creation always supplying our need always meeting us always loving us that's a wonderful comforting thought yeah and the absolute reality, number three, absolute being, means that uh, God is utterly independent. God doesn't depend on anything like we do. Like, if, if there was no more oxygen, we would collapse, you know, within 30 seconds to 90 seconds. We would be done. Yeah. You know, this is what water does to us. When you're underneath water for that length of time, you die. <laughs> you know, so we need oxygen. We need food. Food mm-hmm. might... You know, you might be able to avoid food for a couple of weeks or maybe even a month, but then it eventually gets you. Yeah, we're dependent. Yeah. God is not. You know, he doesn't need air, doesn't need food. These things are created to keep us alive, and they're created by this one who is independent. Yeah. 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 I think this one, this next one stood out to me the most, and, you know, it's it's one that we know well but I think it's hard for us to comprehend is that God's absolute being means that everything that is not God depends totally on God. Exactly. That's what I was saying yeah. with the air illustration. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we I, depend on God for air. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we as Christians believe that, that we must have God in order to be saved, to have our sins forgiven, to be, uh, in glory one day with him. We, we understand and depend on the truths we see in Scripture yeah. 
uh, tell us these things. But it goes much more basic than that. Yeah. It's this idea of breathing and, yeah. and eating and sleeping. Without sleep, you, you will eventually die. Yeah. And so all these things are built into our existence to point us to a loving creator who sustains us. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in his existence, these things prove his his loving yeah. sustenance of us as yeah. human beings yeah. of any any life form for that yeah. matter. Yeah, that's I think that's the one thing that like was crazy about it, is like everything in the universe, right. everything in the universe, everything is dependent. Light, yeah, gravity upon God. Yeah, that is that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's why Piper's running through these is to to point us to the fact that God is the absolute source of all things, and that's why it is so foundational for everything else that comes after it. Yeah, and that's where we must start, right? Yeah. I mean, it it sounds a little philosophical to be talking about these things, but it is it is the the most basic thing we must understand yeah. about anything, you know, especially religion. God is. He absolutely is. He's the standard of all good and all bad. He's the, he's the standard of everything. Yeah. He, by by the fact that God is who he is, makes things bad or good. Yeah. If it's opposed to God, it's bad. Yeah. If it's in agreement with God, it's good. And so forth. I like, I like also number eight. God's absolute being means that he is absolute standard of truth, goodness, and beauty. Yeah. So... Why is it, Jeremy, you know, you've just taken a group of, of high school kids and junior high kids to, you know, these different places in Utah and Arizona, hiking through amazingly beautiful areas. My wife and I just traveled also on vacation through, you know, the Southwest, I drove past the Grand Canyon. We spent time in, you know, relatively remote places like Chaco mm-hmm. Canyon and saw amazing beauty mm-hmm. what makes that beautiful why do you and i agree that the arches in utah are beautiful what yeah. makes us agree that the grand canyon is awe-inspiring yeah it's god yeah right it's, it's because he, we all created it, we're yeah. all created by the same yeah. being yeah you and i believe a, a view of 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 uh, mount rainier is beautiful yeah you know going over the pass on Chinook Pass, they have a parking area at the top. Why? Yeah. <laughs> it's because people like to park at the top of mountains? No. <laughs> it's because so people can stop and enjoy the beauty of yeah. Mount Rainier. Yeah. Up there at Tipso Lake, there's a parking lot. Because even non-believers, you know, the Department of Transportation is not a religious organization. Yeah. And yet they've set aside a parking area right in perfect view of Mount Rainier because they agree that it's beautiful. Well, and because people want selfies. Because what? People want selfies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. They got to get those in yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. That's obvious. That's that's a given. That's the basics. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean whenever I'm whenever I'm out in places like that as you just mentioned we were just at the Grand Canyon and you know a particular passage of scripture that always comes to my mind and in situations like that is, is Psalm eight. Mm-hmm. When I look at the stars and the heavens and all that you created, what is man that you are mindful of him? Right. And it's just like, when you look at that stuff, it's like, it, it takes a focus off of me or it should, it should take the focus mm-hmm. off of me and it should point it to the one who created. And yet, things. and yet the pinnacle of God's creation isn't the grand Canyon. Right. 
Right. It's the ones looking at the Grand right. Canyon. It's you and me. Yeah. That's profound. Yeah. And, you know, humbling. Yeah. That God's, all of his creative energy um, and genius is really fulfilled in the creation of man. Yeah. Wow. You know, yeah. thinking, okay, we're more spectacular to God and, and everything else than the Grand yeah. Canyon. Than, you know, these things that we love to look at. Yeah. Um, this is a little out of order, but um, later on in the chapter, Piper talks about these many thousands of species of fish in mm-hmm. the deepest oceans mm-hmm. that no human ever sees unless, you know, we go down in these, these protected, you know, or maybe unmanned submarines taking pictures of the life forms down there that no human really ever sees normally. And yet there's thousands of these species of fish that have their own lanterns built into them, hanging off their chin, dangling over their eyes, in their eyes. They actually swim around and light is coming out of them to light up the, the darkness down there. And why would God make that if it, no one ever sees it. Yeah. And he says, he says his creative fullness spills over in excessive beauty. Yeah. And that's just like, that is amazing yeah. to me. It's like, you know, the, you get out there in the, in the wilderness and you see things that very few people see. And you think, man, look at the beauty of this. Look at that. And, and the detail. Yeah. Of, like that scorpion you showed me earlier. Yeah. A green scorpion underneath a rock that probably no other human being has ever seen but yeah. you. Yeah. And it almost stung you. Yeah. So, yeah. what? It sounds cooler. Spectacular beauty. It sounds cooler if I say it did sting me. But that's uh, true. It, it yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, totally. It's it's a revelation of God's beauty there. Yeah, it's awesome. And then nine, I also circled the ninth issue that comes to mind, Piper's mind, um, that it means for God to exist, for God to be. God is. He says God's absolute being means God does whatever he pleases, and it's always right, always beautiful, Mm -hmm. always in accord with truth. Mm -hmm. So no matter what he does, assuming the record of Scripture is accurate, no matter what God does is good. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, as horrendous as it may seem, is good for some end. Now, I'm not trying to ignore the the reality of sin and suffering, because I think... Sin is bad. The Bible says it's bad. Suffering is not necessarily primary in God's plan and God's design. Suffering is a result of sin, but God even uses suffering. God even uses sin to bring about good things. Right. Right? Yeah. I've, I've personally experienced this. Yeah. In my suffering, in my own struggle with sin, God has brought about good. Mm-hmm. And... No, no one but God can do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, aside from God, assuming we could exist without him, sin would do nothing but take us into a hole of despair and suffering and pain that would never end. Mm-hmm. But because of God, he can redeem those things and use them for our good, our growth, our sanctification, our, you know, joy even. So would you say, John, if somebody comes up to you and they ask you why is God good? 
because of you know all this stuff that's going on. You know, yeah. look at look at all, all the, the suffering, suffering that's all going on. How is God good? You know, would an appropriate response be because God is? Certainly, but that that wouldn't the person asking that question that wouldn't appease their it wouldn't it wouldn't appeal to them yeah. or appease them. Yeah. Um, so I would say that there would have to be more conversation than right. that. Okay. You know, but that those who read this this book. Um, would understand that mm-hmm. they would understand what 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 that means when you say God is. So I would I would say that would be maybe something you could say and then explain it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, just saying it yeah. flat out. I mean, even even to the Christian, that may not be satisfactory. Yeah. But if you were to go through it and explain what you mean, and and maybe even use this chapter to do it, it might it might find a resting place in that person's question, in that person's mind. Yeah. So after this, after this section here, John, after these, these 10 things uh, that explain who God is uh, or for what it means for God to be who he is, um, Piper, Piper says this uh, almost as a response to that for us. How do we respond to, to these facts? He says with God being the most significant reality, Nothing is rightly known apart from its relationship to him. He is the source and the goal and definer of all things and all things. Um, Let us therefore be a God-besotted people to know him, to admire him, to make him known as glorious should be our driving passion. Let him be simply and overwhelmingly dominant in our consciousness. Consciousness. If we exist to spread a passion for the supremacy of God, then everything must start and end with him. Everything must be related to him. So how do we, how do we respond in such a way that that is what Piper is trying to say here? How do we, how do we... I think he's saying that God must be central to us yeah. in everything, all things. Yeah. You know, our own... Uh, lives in every way, marriage, family, vocation. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a strange word, but Piper-esque, God-besotted. <laughs> um, God-centered might be a way we might explain that or understand it. To know him, to admire him, to make him known should be our driving passion, okay? If God is everything, what difference should that make to my marriage Mm -hmm. to my child rearing to my vocation to my leisure to my finances if god is and all these 10 elements of god's existence are as true as piper makes them out to be it ought to make a difference on how i live yeah from day to day how we as a church function from week to week our our passion with which we participate in our religion, which centers around God, his word, and his people, his church. Yeah. It ought to be central, not peripheral. Right. Right? I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a plumber. I, I've got a family, two kids. I'm looking forward to my vacation next month. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian too. I, asked, I forgot to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No. It's the other way around. Yeah. I'm not... A plumber who's a Christian, I'm a Christian who's a plumber, yeah. is how we've thought about it before. Yeah. 
So I think that's what he's saying. And he says in the very next paragraph, therefore God helping us, we will not blaspheme him, will not blaspheme the God who absolutely is by taking him for granted, mm-hmm. by making him peripheral or calling him the assumed foundation of all things while it's actually the things that we're most excited about. Mm-hmm. What is our life about, Jeremy? Is it about hiking, camping, fishing, hunting, shopping, makeup, tools? What's it about? Yeah. Or is it about God? Yeah. You know, I don't want people to misunderstand Piper or this conversation by saying that we have to be monastic about this and sit in the corner and hum and shave our heads and wear robes. Uh, We are to enjoy the gifts God gives us, the gift of of beauty, the gift of of happiness, the gift of strength and physical fitness and, and all these things that we, those are all gifts. But they're not designed to be ends in themselves, I think is what Piper's saying. They're, they're to guide us to, direct us to, drag us toward, towards God. Mm-hmm. So as we go out and enjoy a star-filled night, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I mean, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you see Mount Rainier? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you see your child yeah. playing healthy? Yeah. What, what do you think of when you think of your marriage? And So... Yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought this quote from Meisner, Charles Meisner, yeah. about Einstein was yeah. concerning yeah. to the Christian. Yeah. You know, he, he, he says, maybe, I don't know if we should read it all, but he basically says that Einstein had nothing or no interest in organized religion because he thought that churches had a too small view of God. Yeah. That's concerning from a guy that we think didn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he knew God a lot better than we do. Yeah. He, abs- he he actually, according to this quote, uh, um, believed that God was behind it, yeah. some kind of a supreme creator. Yeah. Einstein couldn't explain it any other way. Yeah. But he did, had nothing or no interest in organized religion because he thought that that pastors were way too flippant yeah. about God and his existence and his purposes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a scary thought. It is. If God is who He says He is, yeah, and He He's the Creator and Sustainer of all things. I mean, if our view is that low, I mean, the world has got to got to recognize it. And obviously, obviously, people notice as Einstein. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whose whose claim to fame wasn't religion? Right, right, right. Well, Piper Piper finishes this chapter off. Um, by looking at Isaiah 6, uh, which is just an awesome picture of, of God. Um, and so I'll, I'll read the passage, and then we can, we can make our way through these, these final sections here. Um, but Isaiah 6 is, is Isaiah's uh, vision of God into the throne room. And it says this, it says, Into the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. So Piper goes through and he breaks down this verse and it just 
points to uh, more about who, who God is. Seven truths about God from yeah. that passage yeah. you just read. Yeah. Yeah, let's go through those quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, first thing he points out is God is alive. God yeah, is alive. versus who? Uzziah. Yeah. Who's dead. He's dead, yeah. <laughs> Great king of Israel. <laughs> He's dead now, yeah. God still lives. Yeah. And yes. I think that was Isaiah's point. That's yeah. what Piper discovered, that, that Isaiah, um, Isaiah's view of God is that he's eternal. Yeah. He, he lives past every earthly yeah. ruler. Yeah. You know, as Piper said, 50 years from now, none of the earth's rulers will be alive. Yeah. They'll all be dead. Yeah. And a new, new group of leaders will be around claiming to be great, right. claiming to have wisdom and insight and you know, asking for votes or requiring allegiance of some kind. And God will live through them, and so on and so on until the end, and God will still be alive. Yeah, God is alive, not dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Secondly, we see that uh, God is authoritative. I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. Yeah, He's on sitting on the throne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that this portion of Isaiah is just every time you read it, it's hard not to just be like, wow. Yeah. This is well. If you think about it, yeah. I mean, because I mean, how many times have you heard that passage? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, and how many times have you sought through these seven things? Not, not, not enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 God is authoritative. God is omnipotent. Is yeah. the third one. Yeah. His His throne is high and lifted up. It's above all the other thrones that may be in view. All these other leaders, all these other people who claim some kind of authority, you know, God is above them. He's his power and, and ability to control is not limited yeah. Yeah. at all. Yeah, the, the God is resplendent. And you talked about this. The fish. Yeah. The fish, yeah. yeah. Talking about the, just the power and glory and beauty and splendor of The train filled the temple. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, his, the, glory, the, the train of his robe filled the temple. That's yeah. a sign of, the, the, back then, the length of the king's robe was supposedly equal to his grandeur. Hmm. So the longer the robe, the greater the king. Hmm. And it's similar now to brides. Yeah. You know, brides get married and they have a long train. It's supposed to be more impressive. <laughs> I remember yeah. watching Princess Di and Charles get married, yeah. you know, I think 300 years ago. <laughs> and her, her train literally went from the top of the stairs all the way to the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. It's, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. God's robe fills the temple. There's not enough room in the temple. Yeah. That's how glorious he is. Yeah. His train, the train of his robe, filled the entire temple. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, we see God is revered. We see the seraphim in the temple, you know, covering their face, covering their eyes. These weird creatures that we yeah. don't know about. Yeah. Well, who? What are they? Yeah. Six winged. Yeah. You know, all they say it's, is holy, holy, holy. Yeah. And with, and I think he mentions this uh, someplace in this section that their their voice. You know, just rocked the yeah. temple's foundations yeah. when they said God is holy, holy, holy. It wasn't like some cherub, you know. Like little, he says these fat little babies with wings <laughs> saying God's holy, God's yeah. holy, God's yeah. holy. So he's so pretty. Yeah. No, it's so thunderous yeah. that the the foundations of the temple shook when yeah. they spoke. Yeah. Those are <laughs> those are scary creatures. They're they're yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to come in contact no. with them anytime soon. 
Yeah, I mean, just that that response of just the holiness of God, and, and Piper makes that next point that that God is holy. Yeah, um, and that's a great section. I, I mean, I don't think we have enough time to go through this, um, but that two pages there. Was, yeah, was the explanation of holiness, awesome, and our understanding of of ourselves in relation to God. Yeah, and how we're He is separated from all His creation. Yeah, and so much so that the the language that's used, human language, any human language, no matter what language you use, Hebrew, Greek, English, whatever, combined, what yeah. there is not enough language to describe the difference between God and his creation. Yeah. So they just, re- so Isaiah just recorded, holy, 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 yeah. super extra great holiness. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, I mean, what else do you say? Yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm out of language here. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that section was amazing. Yeah. And then God is glorious is the the last one, the last of the seven mm. that he talks about. Full, you know, the whole earth is full of his glory. And that takes us back to the creative order, mm-hmm. the whole universe. Think of that. Things that impress us about creation. Yeah. Those all point to God. And I'm that's one of the things that just baffles me about atheists or even agnostics. How do you look at just this world, leave the rest of the universe alone, yeah. And just look at this world, yeah. including those weird species of fish that have lanterns yeah. attached to their heads, yeah. or those green scorpions in the Utah desert, yeah. or you know these underwater spiders who need to have oxygen to live. Yeah. You know, I, Piper's talked about those things before. Those that's always blown my mind. Yeah. They go to the surface, get a, a breath of air, blow a bubble, and that bubble surrounds their head, and they <laughs> swim to the bottom of the ocean with that bubble around their head, and that's enough oxygen to live for a while yeah <laughs> just think about stuff like that this earth is full of his yeah. glory that's what psalm 8 says yeah i love he the way he describes it he says his glory is the open revelation of the secret of his holiness when god shows himself to be holy what we see is his glory the holiness of god is his concealed glory the glory of god is his revealed holiness yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah it is you could think a long time about this chapter yeah yeah. I hope I hope Sun Valley you'll read this. Yeah. I, I mean this is good. Maybe we'll you know take time to read it in the Timothy group also one of these sessions coming up. But everybody ought to get a copy of this and just maybe spend the summer yeah. you know just soaking this in um, with us and we'll talk about it weekly for the next nine weeks. So yeah. this will last through most of August um, and it'll be a good time for you just to you know recharge your soul. Um, I think it's important that we finish, Jeremy, with the connection between this holy, awesome God and the gospel, yeah. which Piper does. You know, yeah. he, he ties in John's gospel and the, and John's idea of Jesus and Jesus's value and worth to this whole discussion. Yeah. When he, he goes to John chapter 12 and refers back to Isaiah 6 that you read earlier, and he said, John said in, in John 12, 41, Isaiah said these things because he saw the glory and spoke of Jesus. So Isaiah, this is profound. Isaiah was talking about Jesus in the temple. Yeah. This vision of this high and lifted up God whose train of his robe filled the temple, whose f- weird being flying around saying, holy, 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 it was about Jesus. Mm. That's mind-boggling. Yeah. And this Jesus walked around with John. Yeah. This Jesus was hungry. This Jesus 
you know, had sleepless nights. This Jesus experienced pain. This Jesus wept. Yeah. yeah. So the glorious God of the universe condescended, became man, lived among us so that we could know him. Yeah. The glory of the gospel. So that we could know him. Yeah. So that we can have a relationship with our creator. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. That is. And, and he says, Piper says, in other words, Jesus was the fulfillment of both Isaiah passages. He talked about the glorious God and the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. You know, that famous passage in Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, you know, who was rejected and scorned, you know, bruised and beaten. Uh, that one who we know all about, Jesus. Yeah. But the, also he was that glorious God of Isaiah 6. Yeah. He condescended. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that just like take up and read. Yeah, take up and read, yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. I I read it and I started rereading it again, and it's like, man, you can you can start right back over and yeah. Well, uh, take the summer, Sun Valley, and get this book. Get it on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, I think we we ordered twelve copies and they're already gone. Yeah. And so get get on Amazon. It'll be here tomorrow, um, and then follow us through yeah. this summer. Make this one book that you'll read this summer with us, and we'll talk about it every week for the next you know each a chapter a week. And so next week when you get together, we'll talk about chapter two. And uh, let's just pray and ask God to reveal Himself to us. Use Piper's writings and gifts to encourage our hearts and to draw us closer to Him and to one another. Yeah. Well, Sun Valley, we hope that you have been encouraged by today's podcast. Uh, and if you feel like this would be a benefit to a friend or a family member, we would encourage you to send this off to them. Um, tell them to listen to it. Tell them to listen to the next nine podcasts that we do um, for this for this book because the contents within this page are so vital for uh, our Christian walk, and for those who need to hear and believe in the gospel. So send this their way, and if you feel inclined, pick up a copy of the book and send it to them as well. Encourage them to read it and study and get to know this God who is. And I want to leave you with this final quote. We've already we've already read it before, but it's it's so good. And it says, A people who are stunned and astonished that God is will be an irrepressible people. Our triune God loves to show up in gracious power where people are blown away by the fact that he is. So Sun Valley Church, we hope and pray that you are blown away by who God is today. We love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.